It's time for the moment you've been waiting for. You're listening to Getting Bullied, a Flyers hockey podcast. Now crank it up and rip the knob. Boy, that escalated quickly. Podcast partner of Philly is Flyer.com. The playoff edition of Getting Bullied. I'm your host, Mark Ginone. Join as always by the great writer for Phileas Flyer, the one, the only, Dan Silver. Dan, what's up, bud? Oh, nothing good, man. It's, uh, what a day. I mean, if not only the Flyers get blown out on Sunday, but now in a practice, we've got our players injuring each other. And a developing storyline where Sean Couturier may be out long term he might need surgery i mean we don't know what he look he might play tomorrow night we'll get into it a little bit uh but just a just a bad day with the weird injury to couturier yeah i mean we've kind of uh the city's kind of been a buzz as of lately with all the playoffs going on you know obviously the weekend was great we had a playoff game every weekend the flyers saturday or i'm sorry the flyers friday and then again sunday the win friday the loss Sunday, the blowout loss Sunday, and then this day, Tuesday, you think you're going to get a day off to kind of decompress, get ready for pivotal game four tomorrow back at home, and, you know, you get the news early in the day, Patrick Hornquist is out for tomorrow, so you're thinking the Flyers have a bit of an advantage going into the game, and then the afternoon comes, and it's like a smack in the face. You're watching this video on Twitter. Radko Gudis puts his big ass into the knee of Sean Couturier, inadvertently, of course. He goes down, and now everyone's head spinning, but back to this game on Sunday. Um, it was an up for a little bit and then down for a lot of it for the Flyers. This Penguins team is damn good, um, and at this point, I don't know how the Flyers could slow them down. Yeah, you know, Sunday, the Flyers, I thought, came out and played their best period of the playoffs. They generated a lot of scoring opportunities in the first period. They just could not solve Matt Murray, which, you know, game one was the same case. Murray made that unbelievable save on Scott Lawton in game one, which kind of not really turned the momentum, but basically created a situation where, where the Flyers got a little bit down on themselves and then the Penguins took over. Murray gave up a couple of maybe questionable goals in game two, but game three, first period, that's where the Penguins won that game because he was phenomenal in the first period. And then Sidney Crosby takes advantage of a bad Michael Roffel turnover and Crosby scores the goal. Penguins go up one, nothing. And from that point on the second and third periods, the Flyers were just an embarrassment. They took so many undisciplined penalties. You got to think coaching has something to do with that veteran leadership. I don't know what was lacking. And we'll get into that a little bit later, too. But this team just has a habit of getting blown out in the playoffs under Dave Haxtell's watch. So combine that with the Couturier injury, and there's not a lot to be positive about going into game four, which obviously means the Flyers are going to win 6 nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, this whole series has just been really one disappointment after another. Game two was obviously the high point of this whole thing. The Flyers just went in and from start to finish just played some of their best hockey that we've seen in the last couple of months. And it's sandwiched between just two lackluster 
games for the most part. And you're right. The first period on Sunday was, I mean, the Flyers came out like you needed them to come out. And then Crosby gets that goal, and it's like a pin to the balloon, and all the air was out of the team, all the air was out of the building, and then it was just a route from then on with the Penguins. And the penalties, you mentioned it, and they were just, they were killing this team at this point. Jake Voracek took one of the dumbest penalties I think I've ever seen, and for no reason. When you're down, you have to play discipline to the nth degree, and they didn't do it. And and then you have the crowd to go along with it. And I understand they're frustrated and they're upset by what they're seeing, but they're getting on the refs, and when they should be getting on the team itself, when Voracek went to the box for that penalty, and you get the ref you suck chant, all you have to do is look at the replay for five seconds you'll see no that was your player that was your guy that made a dumbass play and now he's in the box and the two goals in five seconds by the penguins the i mean the goal the second goal by uh dumoulin of of those five seconds uh drew gets beat off of the face off there's no coverage off of the face off as pittsburgh's breaking into the zone crosby has a stick on his puck cross ice to dumoulin and he just froze Elliot, who has been, ex- with the exception of that one game, hasn't been all that great. He's the guy that we want, that we really were hoping we could lean on, and to this point, the Flyers haven't been able to lean on him for, except for that one game, that game two. He has been a huge disappointment for this team. Yeah, the uh, the, the parade to the penalty box kind of felt like the game against the Capitals where the Flyers got blown out in the playoffs a couple of years ago and all the fans threw the bracelets on the ice. I was at that game and did not throw my bracelet. The funny thing is the Flyers gave out bracelets for this game and most of them stayed on people's wrists. They didn't make it out onto the ice. But yeah, they, they, it's just you, you see the penalties and it's it's Giroux, it's Voracek, you know, taking these bad penalties and you know, there needs to be some kind of, look, we get it, you're down Three to one, probably not going to come back against this team. But there's no reason that you keep taking penalties. There's, um, you know, watching the series, you can see the the differences between the Penguins and the Flyers, and where the Flyers are going to have to improve. But the real question mark comes in is 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 this the coach to to get it done? He's just it's everything about this team says they're in scramble mode right now, and now you're adding in this Couturier injury, so it's 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 a bad scene. It really is, and, you know, one of the positives going into this series, obviously the Flyers didn't get the draw they wanted on the opponent, but one of the things that you were hoping that would spark this team to an upset victory of the series was the play of the top players on the team, the Couturiers, the Giroux, Konechny. Claude Giroux has been virtually non-existent from this entire series, and that's not to say that he is a bad overall playoff player, playoff performer, because the numbers are there. He's almost a point-a-game guy going into this series. And, you know, I'm seeing stats like that on Twitter, you know, right now, because of how he's playing right now. Well, look, he didn't play well in the series two years ago against the Capitals. He's not playing good now. So the stats before that at some point are going to become irrelevant when you're still hearkening back five years ago on stats that right now aren't helping him. He has one point to this point, and we're going into game four, and he is the captain. He is the leader of this team. He had 102 points during the season, 
and he has been a ghost for this entire series for the most part. And it's it's very disheartening. And if the lifeblood of your team isn't driving, then the team's not going to drive. And if anybody needs to, and, and there, there's going to be the cliche, there's going to be the, well, he's going to have to have a game like he did against the Penguins in 2012 when he came out, put Crosby on his ass, and scored the goal. Well, yeah, he is. Because from this point out, if the Flyers are going to have a shred of hope of winning this series, let alone game four, the captain has to step his ass up and be the captain that we saw during the regular season. It's a tricky thing with Giroux because he's been getting panned on Twitter the last few days. Um, and then you've got people that are panning the people that are panning Giroux. Look, here's the reality. Claude Giroux had a very good season. He had an MVP caliber season, probably top three in MVP voting. Um, but he's the reality is, is that he's not right now. He's, he's not the kind of guy in my opinion, like a Nate McKinnon, like a Taylor Hall, like a Sidney Crosby that can sort of take over a game at this point in his career. Yeah. A number of years ago, he, he drilled Crosby at the beginning of a game and then scored an awesome goal. I don't know. Does it feel to you like Claude Giroux is the type of guy who's going to go out now as a whatever 29, 30 year old and drill someone and then, you know, take a game over. I, I don't think so. So he had a really good regular season, his best season ever. Uh, he he should be putting up more points than he is. I mean, he's got one assist and he's a minus four in three games. But the reality is he's going up against Pittsburgh's top line, and it's it's difficult for him. So the, the Flyers are not as good as the Penguins. Um, right. A lot of these guys have to start performing better. You know, Nolan Patrick's looked great. He's looked like he's been shot out of a cannon. His speed has been there. Um, but Jake Voracek is, is another guy who just is taking bad penalties, not really scoring much. So, look, the Penguins do this to teams, right? They're, there's a reason that the Penguins have won eight straight playoff series and why they've won two straight Stanley Cups and why we didn't want to take them on in the first round. Uh, it creates a lot of bad matchups for the Flyers. So, you know, we, we kind of knew this was coming. I think we would have hoped that they would have fared a little bit better than getting outscored 17 to two or sorry, 17 to six over the course of the three games, I believe, or no, sorry. What it, I'm, I'm adding up the goals incorrectly. Um, you know, getting outscored, what 13 to uh, 13 to six, I think. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, I, I don't know, you know, you don't, you, it's, It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, you know, the, the reality is that Giroux is not on the same level as, as guys like a Crosby or or, or Malkin. Uh, he's having to play against them. So, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, and it really, it comes down to at this point, you know, when, when you're having a bad series like the Flyers are, then you have to start to think, well, where does this blame go? And obviously a lot of it is going to go on the coach. He... From game one, to, and now it's hard to really criticize this because when they came out in game two and win 5-1 after he didn't make a single change to the lineup from game one when they got blown out 7 nothing, you're just kind of like, okay, maybe they had a bad game in game one. Well, then coming into game three, no changes made again, blown out 5-1, and now finally going into game four, the tweets were coming out today from the people that were down at 
practice today and you're seeing him start to make changes. He's stacking the top two lines. He's basically putting his best his best six players on the top two lines, whereas before he was trying to space out that scoring amongst the three. And at this point, I, I, he's finally, I guess, seeing that if you're you have to try as best as you can to fight fire with fire when you're playing the Penguins and throw your best against their best. The problem is they have a lot more best than the Flyers do. So now he's got. I mean, to this point, and again, we don't know what's going to happen with Sean Couturier, but assuming he plays, he has the first line that we saw at the beginning of the season with Couturier in the middle and Giroux and Voracek on either side, and then he has Patrick centering Simmons and Konechny. And at this point, this is probably the best lineup the Flyers could put out from an offensive standpoint. So if this doesn't work, then there's not really much more Dave Haxall can do with this lineup to to turn this series around. And if they don't win tomorrow, they're not going to turn the series around anyway. Yeah, so right. So the lines, Drew Katori, Vorchek, Konechny, Patrick Simmons, then he looks like he's going to insert Jordan Wheel back into the lineup. Uh, Jordan Wheel's been pretty good against the Penguins this year. I think he's got four points in four games, something like that. Uh, Wheel with Phil Pula and Raffle, and then the fourth line of Lawton, Latera, Reed. So again, we'll get into the Katori injury in a moment, but I still think that the Flyers' best line this season, I don't think it's close, was when he put Konechny up on that top line with Couturier and Drew. I think Konechny's much better on the right wing than he is on the left wing. When he's going to be on the second line with Patrick and Simmons, he's going to have to play left wing. So I don't understand the stubbornness from this head coach in not putting Konechny back on that top line. I mean, he's not playing him very much in these games. He just seems to, to have a hard-on for punishing Travis Konechny to the detriment of this team. And, you know, he says you put him on the third line to try and even out the offense. Maybe there's a little bit of truth to that. But it, it's not working. So, yeah, I'm glad he put a good first line together with Borchek instead of Raffle on the first first line. But uh, I was hoping Konechny would get back up there. And, you know, Wayne Simmons is a guy who's literally done almost nothing this season. A lot of people are speculating he's dealing with various injuries, but it's, then then he shouldn't be playing. So if, he, if you know, Wayne Simmons is going to have to produce, and he's obviously an interesting spot because he's a free agent at the end of next season. So it would really be nice to see him getting going. Obviously, since he's been displaced on the first power play unit by Nolan Patrick, there's not as many opportunities for Simmons to score, but he's still basically been invisible. I... You know, I'm imagining we'll see something come out of an injuries after the playoffs end. But, you know, if he's going to be on the second line, he's he's got to step it up. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. And, you know, the main thing that came out of today was the Sean Couturier injury. Right. Which, you know, it's, you know, we found out earlier today that Couturier had collided with somebody and was injured. Then found out it was Radko Gudis. Then about 30 minutes later, they post the video of it online, it's which, which set off a firestorm of Flyers fans retweeting this with their own comments or replying. Basically, Sean Couturier was skating on the left wing coming into the zone. It looked like it was two separate drills where Radko Gudis was kind of skating backwards, and whoever gave Gudis the puck gave it to his right a little bit, so he had to kind of shimmy to the right, which brought him right into the path of Couturier, who wasn't looking. 
and Gudis basically took out Couturier's knee, uh, Couturier's right knee, I believe. And Couturier like basically flipped up, landed on his butt, threw a stick into the boards. Basically, you could tell it was how mad he was, and he was injured and had a hard time getting up. Flyers are saying that he's, you know, it's going to be a game-time decision tomorrow. But I think the range of possibilities is anything from a bruise to the eye to, who knows, he might have torn some knee ligaments. It really didn't look good. So, I mean, it's just so frustrating. People wanted to blame Gudis. People wanted to blame Hackstall. You know, I again, I'm not a professional hockey coach. I don't design drills for a living. But my first thought was that, you probably don't want to be designing drills where you've got your top center or any of your forwards skating into the zone and you've got a defenseman backing up towards them, not looking at the same time. So it feels to me like a poorly designed drill or just a fluke, but it's like, why do these things keep happening to the flyers? It's unbelievable. Yeah. And I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I've, I've never been down to a Flyers practice before, so I don't know what drills at an NHL level look like. I could I could just speak to what I saw in the video, and it looked just pretty unorganized. And, like again, I don't know if that's how things are all the time in every you know practice rink across the NHL, but it didn't look very organized. It looked like... You know, it looked like there almost needed to be a cop out there directing traffic so everyone knew where to go, and it was just an unfortunate collision. And the easy, the easy thing to do is for people to throw blame at Radko Gudis because, you know, he's he's done dumb things in the past by, you know, with his play on the ice, and everyone's got a hard-on for Sean Quatoria right now. Everyone's riding high on him because he had a great season. You don't want to blame him. It's probably neither of their fault. I mean, it's probably, it may not be anybody's fault. It's probably just a series of unfortunate events, and here we are. But that's, <clears throat> excuse me, that's just the thing. Here we are, and now it's something the Flyers have to deal with. So let's let's um, do a hypothetical for a second. If Quatoria can't go tomorrow, now, obviously, you're changing these already changed lines, and what do you do now? Does Giroux move back to center? Do you put uh, Konechny up on the first line with Giroux and Boracek? What's going to happen now to these top two lines going into this pivotal, huge game, biggest game of the year tomorrow at home? So if Sean Couturier can't go tomorrow, I'm guessing that he'll just move Patrick up a line. So it'll be Giroux, Patrick, and Boracek. He'll move Philpula up a line. So you'll have Konechny, Philpula, and Simmons, which had been the third line, is now going to become the second line. Now you're probably moving Lawton up to third line center, either Lawton or Laterra. So you're going to have, let's say, Wheel, Lawton, and Raffle, or something like that. And now the fourth line is you're going to have to insert Lindblom back into the lineup, most likely, either him or, I guess, Dale Weiss. And you're looking at a fourth line of Lindblom, Laterra, and read something like that. So it just, it makes it a lot more difficult because now you've got, you're basically missing the most important forward in the series for the Flyers, Couturier, because he's, he's the only guy who can match up with a Crosby or a Malkin. And you can have hopes that maybe it'll even out. But I mean, without Couturier, they're going to get destroyed down the middle of the ice. Mm -hmm. And, it, I mean, tomorrow, obviously, we already talked about it. It's a, such a huge game for the team. But 
with if Couturier can't go, this becomes such a bigger game for the coach than it was initially because now he's really got to show his chops as like a bench boss, as a coach in this league. You're missing your top center, and now you're putting a rookie in, uh, as we're assuming, as the top center on your team in on the biggest game of the season. Now, luckily for the Flyers, they are at home, so they're going to get that all-important second change. So they're going to get to see a little bit what the Penguins are kind of doing, what their lines are kind of formed like, and he can adjust to that, but he hasn't really adjusted to much to this point. But, I mean, this is this game is so big on so many levels for this team, from the players to the coach to the front office to whoever the hell you want to talk about. This game is so vital for this team as a whole, and we're going to learn a lot about this team on this one game. And it's sad almost because they've had I mean they've exceeded a lot of expectations this season by even making the playoffs and the fact that everything it comes down to one game where you had the season where you had all these young guys play so well and really step up their game and show all this promise to where you're going to get the fans that call this entire season a disappointment if they inevitably don't win this series if they come out and lay another egg tomorrow in game four if they go out in five, you know, there's going to be a lot of hate thrown at these players, and it's a shame for the young guys, but, you know, if you're Dave Haxtell, you have to have a flawless coaching job in game four and game five, and you have to do everything you can to extend this series as long as they possibly can. And if he can't, I mean, I've already kind of accepted that he's going to be back next year, the only way that the Flyers probably would have fired him at this point is if they had four consecutive 7 nothing losses like they did in Game 1. That's obviously not the case. But he's got to give us something to have some kind of faith in him in this huge, epic, monumental game tomorrow. Yeah, but did, did there any Flyers fans who have any faith in Dave no. Maxwell? I mean, no, there's no. none. So it's, no, I mean, I've this ship has sailed as far as I'm concerned, and this guy making the right decisions, uh, you know, calling timeouts at the right time, making game day adjustments. He's, he just, he's so stubborn to the point where he, he won't make changes like putting Travis Konechny back on the first line in, in a line that was far and away the Flyers' most uh, successful line. You know, I, I have absolutely no confidence in him. I think that, um, you know, I, he just seems so stubborn. Again, this, this Couturier thing today is, it's, it's you can't really blame it on the coach, but I don't know how many other teams have had guys get injured like that during the playoffs in a practice. Right. I, there's a, probably a reason that it happened in a Flyers practice, right? And and maybe he just it wasn't as organized as it should have been. Um, I just I don't think I think he's in over his head. I don't think he's a very good head coach. Um, unfortunately, I think you're right that he's going to be back next season, but. Uh, it's it's difficult because you see in the playoffs how important this, every little decision is. And, uh, you know, the Penguins are where they are because Mike Sullivan has just done a phenomenal job at pushing all of the right buttons. I mean, he's basically really helped that team get to the next level. They were having a disastrous season a couple of years ago. They moved Mike Sullivan to become the head coach. And, you know, and they haven't slowed down since. 
And it's like the opposite with the Flyers and Dave Axtell. He just, you've got an inconsistent team that takes bad penalties. And so right now we're going to have lines most likely tomorrow night. If Couturier is healthy, that are, or a, a lot of lines that haven't spent a whole lot of time together. It's, I, I don't know. I just think he's in over his head and uh, it's a shame. What pisses me off, I think, most, and this is on the general manager, too, is that when this team, um, when they falter, when they have bad games, when they don't make, you know, a strong play in the playoffs, they use the youth of this team as a crutch for, like, as an excuse as to why you're having these problems. But, and then they do the same thing when the team is playing well they want to use the youth as a crutch and well this is why because we have all this good young talent and they're finally hitting their stride well you you can't have it both ways and when the Flyers eventually lose this series that's going to be the narrative coming out of their camp it's going to be well we had a couple of rookies on the blue line all year you know we had a second line or a second-year guy on our blue line as our, you know, eating up all the minutes. We had a couple of rookies here on the, you know, as forwards. We had second-year guys at forwards, and it's just, it's going to be, this is a young team that's moving in the right direction and this and that. But really, when you think about it, two years ago you make the playoffs, you're one and done. Last year you don't make the playoffs, you have all this youth, you miss an opportunity there. This year you're going to, you're in the playoffs with all this. Now, to this point, you have young talent that has now progressed in the league. You have Provorov, you have Gossespierre, you have Travis Konechny. You have these young cornerstone pieces that have now progressed in your system in the league, and now you're going to be one and done again in the playoffs. And you're still going to use youth as a crutch. So either you're going to live, you're going to use the youth as a reason for your doing good, or you're just going to keep saying, well, we're not going to be good until these guys get older. But either way you're bashing your head against the wall as a fan listening to this stuff and it's so fr- and the more that you bring up Travis Konechny not being on the top line the more frustrated I get because as bad as they played in the second and third period in game three as flat as they were and the fact that he still didn't move Travis Konechny up to that top line to spark some offense it, it's just completely mind-boggling to me. He put uh, Voracek back up there, but when that doesn't work for a couple shifts, do something else. Switch it up again. You, like, you're playing for your lives out there. And I read an article today by Sam Carcitti, and it was so perfectly said. He said, Dave Haxtell is coaching the playoffs like it's the regular season. He's coaching with long-term goals in mind in a short-term situation. He said in the playoffs, goal, or not goalies, head coaches have to throw their rule book out the window and coach erratically at times because everything happens so fast and the playoffs for a lot of teams are so short that you can't play like there's a tomorrow. And that's exactly what Dave Haxel has done two years ago and now this year. Yeah, the stats with uh, Dave Haxel, I, I looked this up, I tweeted it out yesterday. The Flyers have played in nine playoff games with Dave Haxtell, so that's obviously a very small sample size. Right. However, in those games, the Flyers have been outscored 27-2 to in those nine games, um, and they've scored 
more than two goals once. I mean, think about that. They've scored more than two goals only once in those nine games. I mean, that's insane. And that game was obviously the Penguins game. But, um, you know, I I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I just can't remember a team that has gotten blown out like this team has in their last two playoff appearances and takes all these bad penalties. And, you know, it's either a problem with, with the coaching staff or the veteran leadership not, you know, telling these guys, hey, calm down. Like, we're probably not going to win this game, but we it's a joke when we keep taking penalties like this. So it just seems like there's something fundamentally wrong with this team's last two playoff performances. Now, look, they, they, they were up against the President Trophy winning Capitals two years ago. And this year they're up against the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. So they've not gotten any easy assignments. But you just like them to, to be a little more competitive and you would you would like to see them be a little more disciplined. So, yeah, I mean, it's I really hope that they can finish off this series with some competitive games. And look, if Sean Couturier is okay and he plays and they win tomorrow night, they're right back in this series. But it's just hard to imagine that they're going to beat the Penguins over the course of a seven-game series with the huge disadvantages they have in terms of depth up front, goaltending. We've seen how much goaltending can make a difference because Brian Elliott has not been very good, and uh, and coaching, like a severe coaching disadvantage. So, you know, like the Flyers are still have a, a really good upward trajectory, but the, the coach is an issue, and the goaltending is going to continue to be an issue. Yeah, and I mean, it's worth talking about. I mean, we it seems like a common theme when we do this show that we're talking about goaltending. It seems like a common theme, again, for the Flyers, you're talking about goaltending or lack thereof. You got Ilya Brzezgalov trolling the hell out of the organization that's still paying him not to play for them. The Flyers, I mean, their goalie situation at this point, it's, it's such a laughing stock that even washed-up goalies like Ilya Brzezgalov are making fun of us at this point. And we've we, look, we've been down this road before talking about the situation in the offseason, talking about Carter Hart, should he be up here, should he not be up here. Look, the bottom line is this, when it comes to the Flyers, Carter Hart, and the goaltending situation as a whole. The Flyers have awful, bullshit goaltending on their NHL roster. So if Carter Hart comes in and dazzles... If he impresses, if he makes your balls quiver in training camp next season, then put his do what you have to do. Put his ass on the roster on the in the NHL because at this point you are just spinning your tires in mud and you're sinking deeper and deeper trying to patch this thing together with Brian Elliott. Michael Neuverth when he's not hurt, which is not frequently, and now you add. Peter Morazic into the deal. This thing is not going to get better with those guys. So if Carter Hart is that damn good as everyone's building him up to be, as his numbers are proving in juniors, then see what he has. Because at this point, you have nothing else to lose if you're the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, this is people love uh, ridiculing me on Twitter about this, and I kind of like putting it out there because I know people like ridiculing me. Um, But you know, I need I need some good reasons why Carter Hart shouldn't be on this team next season. Because you look at this team's goaltending situation. Let's just take a look at what we've got right now. We've got Brian Elliott, 
a older veteran goalie who's struggled mightily in the playoffs the last two seasons. I guess we can still see what happens the rest of this playoff season. He was good the first half of the season for the Flyers, and then he got injured. He's an older goalie who, you know, has, has had some injury issues. He's got one more year left on his contract. He's the de facto number one for the Flyers next year. And barring more injuries, you know, he will be the guy for the Flyers next year, most likely. Who's the backup? I mean, Michael Neuwirth is always injured. He's day-to-day his entire career, basically. He's, he's injured now. He's day-to-day again. Um, he's got one year left on his contract. The Flyers could go this season with Elliott and Neuwirth, but you know that probably both of them are going to get injured at some point. So then what do you do? Well, you look at the AHL, and this year they had Alex Lyon, who quite honestly was not very good even in the AHL. It came up to the NHL where they're having all the injury issues, and he was just mediocre. Alex Lyon is not an NHL goalie. Then you've got Peter Mrazek. We traded for him. Then now it's clear they don't have anything to do with him being in the net. Brian Elliott gave up seven goals in the first game, and they still didn't go to Peter Morozik in game two. To, on top of that, there's a clause in the trade that the Flyers made with the Red Wings that if the Flyers re-sign Peter Morozik, the Red Wings get a third-round pick next season in, in next year's draft. You know Ron Hextall does not want to give up draft picks. So it's very unlikely the Flyers re-sign Peter Morozik. So we still haven't identified a backup if Neuberth is going to be injured most of the season. Um, so, and Carter Hart, he's, I've never seen a junior goalie put up stats like this. In the regular season, he had a 947 save percentage, a 1.60 goals against average, and it was 31-6-1. Now, fast forward to the playoffs, he's 8-1 and one with a 1.92 goals against average and a 944 save percentage. These are otherworldly statistics he's putting up. He led Canada to a gold medal in the World Junior Championships. He's going to be 20 years old next year. The Flyers had Nolan Patrick on the team when he was 18. The Flyers had Ivan Provorov and Travis Konechny on the team when they were 19. Yes, I understand. Goalies typically take longer to develop. However, Carey Price was the starter for the Montreal Canadiens as a 20-year-old. He was drafted higher than Carter Hart and a little more highly touted coming into the NHL uh, after the draft. But Carter Hart's stats are better than Carey Price's. Carter Hart's stats are better than any other junior goalie that I've ever seen. Um, And you look at Matt Murray for the Penguins. Matt Murray only spent one season in the AHL and then came up and won a Stanley Cup immediately the next year. So to me, if Carter Hart comes in and he excels in training camp. Let's say he'll probably start the season with the Phantoms. If he's really good in the AHL and the Flyers have the inevitable injuries to their goalies, I don't see why you wouldn't bring him up next season because you're not going to have any good alternatives. And you're going to have a team that has young players who are going to keep getting better and better. There's going to become more and more pressure on this organization to provide a goaltender that can help this team get to the next level because the Flyers were supposed to be a borderline playoff team this year. They made it next year. They are absolutely supposed to be a playoff team and you need to give this organization as good a chance as possible to win. And if Carter Hart proves that he should be part of that, then you need to give him the chance. I do not understand everyone's aversion to even thinking about the fact that he could be in the NHL next year. 
Yeah, and um, I per I mean, as much as I want it to happen, and I obviously I obviously don't disagree with what you're saying, but I don't. The more I think about it, the I don't see it happening because of who's ultimately in charge of that decision. Because Ron Hextall is the one that makes the call on whether or not he comes up or not. And obviously, Ron Hextall is a former goalie. Ron Hextall is the last legitimate goalie this team has had or this franchise has had. And I think I, it wouldn't surprise me if Ron Hextall sees Carter Hart as like as like a, a son type of thing. Like, you know, he has to nurture this kid and he has to coddle him because he sees him as the next big goalie for the Flyers. And if Ron Hextall, former Flyer great goalie, fucks up Carter Hart, you know, promising young goalie prodigy, then that's, I mean, that's going to be a huge red mark on, on his resume and his outlook overall from the NHL people, the Flyers fans. So I think that's why the Flyers are going to have a lot of money, not a lot, but they're going to have more money than they've had in a while to play with in the offseason. It would not surprise me at all if obviously they don't sign, re-sign Mrazek, if they buy out Neuberth and then they use some of the money that they have to get another patchwork, quote-unquote, NHL caliber backup goalie for Brian Elliott. Or not even backup, because they'll just sell us the, the tandem goalie bullshit that they send us going into this season, and we'll just be probably having this same conversation next year and see Carter Hart in the year after, with I guess that's 2019-2020. We'll see. I, I don't really agree with, with the take there i mean i i i think that uh ron hextall has proven that he's willing to put players in the nhl when they deserve to be in the nhl like he did with nolan patrick at the age of 18 i think if carter hart comes in and proves that he's capable of being in the nhl he's going to get that opportunity i don't think they want to bring in another crappy patchwork veteran goalie for a team that maybe not next year, but certainly the year after that, is going to have aspirations of winning a Stanley Cup. And, you know, Matt Murray did it for the Penguins where he came in immediately and won a cup. You probably can't count on that. So I think you want to get Carter Hart some experience in the NHL before the Stanley Cup window opens. So I don't – it's – he's he, he, he's not fragile, Carter Hart. Look at his numbers. Look at right. the mental adversity that a goalie has to go through. He's going to be 20 years old. So, you know, I again, I, I think there's a legitimate chance we see him on the team next season at some point. Well, I mean, it all remains to be seen. But unfortunately, or fortunately, unfortunately, however you want to look at it, we still have at least two more games left in this uh, playoff series with the Penguins. So, Dan, real quick, um, it, it, is there any chance the Flyers win and – if not, what do the next two games look like for this series? It's it's hard to speculate because of the Sean Couturier situation. Uh, just watching that injury, I feel like Sean Couturier is going to miss the rest of this season. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but just watching how it happened and his reaction, and without Sean Couturier, I just don't see the Flyers being able to compete with the Penguins. I think that tomorrow night's going to be a little more competitive. Um, you know, maybe they lose a 4-2 to two game or something like that. But, you know, if Couturier's out, I think they lose a series in five. 
if Couturier is fine and plays, I think they can take six games and, and lose in six. But it's just it's hard to be confident about their chances against the Penguins right now. Yeah, probably their best chance of winning a game if they're gonna, you know, if they're gonna win one, and it's, it's gonna be tomorrow. And that's if Couturier is there. The, the key to a victory tomorrow in Game 4 is they have to come out in the first period like they came out in the first period of Game 3 with the huge difference being they have to get one past Matt Murray. If they could steal a goal, and if they could leave the first period up one nothing or up at all, then, uh, you know, I, I think anything can happen after that, but I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. If Sean Couturier is not there... They probably lose tomorrow. They, they probably – I'm not expecting them really to come out with much fire just because I haven't seen much fire from this team for extended portions of this series. Uh, I think if Couture is not in, I think tomorrow could be pretty ugly. And then I just – there's no chance in hell they go into Pittsburgh game five and, and pull one out. So I think this one's ending in five. Um, I just hope that they can make it – somewhat competitive and somewhat entertaining so we're not uh we're not ex- too upset and too pissed off going into the off season but you know we'll see what happens it all uh it all remains to be seen and uh game four will be huge and i'm sure everyone will be checking it out. i'm gonna have to be streaming it at least the first period from class that's always fun uh not much will be getting done tomorrow so dan um if everyone wanted to find your tweets and uh, you know go back and forth with you about why Carter Hart shouldn't be on the Flyers next year, where would they do that at? So you can follow me on Twitter at dsilver88. The 88 is for Eric Lindros. So at dsilver88. And check out our stuff over at www.phillyisflyer.com. Lots of great content over at that site. And um, yeah, let's uh, let's let's hope the Flyers can make it interesting tomorrow night. Damn right. All right. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Flagman. Two ends. You can follow this show at underscore Getting Bullied, and you can see all of the live tweets of the games and the post game wrap ups from Philly is Flyer on Twitter. All the links will be there, and that is at Philly is Flyer on the Twitter machine. So until next week, hopefully we are talking about a couple of Flyers victories and an exciting first round matchup, but we're not that hopeful. So until next week, let's go Flyers. Good night, Sweden.